0: Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. I'm excited. Ah, It's a new year, Uh, which is good. I've been spending time with God, and He's always getting me to think bigger, to dream bigger. He doesn't want us to, to box Him in, does He? Sometimes we can box God in with our thoughts, with how we act, but He wants us to dream big. He's got big things for my life and your life. He's got, the Word says He has an abundant life for us. And see, we all have a, a purpose and a calling, don't we? I know that because you were created. You're here. God doesn't create something that's meaningless. He creates you. You come onto earth for a purpose. You have an assignment. See, we all have a sphere of influence, don't we? Whether, whether it's a, a little bit of influence or a lot of influence, we have influence on earth. You, you have an influence in a realm of society. So you've got education, business, family, where, whatever you're in, sports, media, anything you're, you're into, you have influence there to bring heaven to earth. God, what, God's called you to bring heaven to earth, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And so in 2017, I felt like God was saying with a great assignment, comes a lot of resistance, doesn't there? You can't win a great victory if there's no resistance. So we live in a fallen world. There's trials, temptations, there's challenges. There's things in our life that don't go to plan, do they? Things in our life where we say, God, what's going on here? Jesus had a challenge. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, wasn't he? He was baptized in the Jordan. The Spirit of God fell upon him. The the Father said, You're my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness. That tells me something. That tells me that when you're led by the Spirit, you're not necessarily kept out of the battle, are you? He doesn't say, Okay, you you can now live a safe, comfortable life. Jesus was about to go into some serious warfare. But see, I believe that he caught on to the perspective of God. I believe he was catching on to the will of the Father. He understood that, God, you're, you're, what, the, the enemy's trying to bring stuff upon me here, but you're, you're setting me up here for my greatest victory. And so he goes in, and, and the Scripture says he was tempted and tried, he defeated the enemy. And then if you read it, it says he comes out in the power of, Of the Holy Spirit. Do you that? He went in, he was let in, he was full of the Spirit, but he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that tells me Jesus came out with an upgrade because he partnered with God. See, there's always two perspectives on your life. There's man's natural perspective, what we see with our physical eyes, and then there's God's heavenly perspective. 2 Corinthians... 4.18 says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is unseen is temporary. Oh, sorry. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, we fix our eyes on the heavenly perspective on our life, on the unseen. You're a believer. You have faith. That doesn't mean you have faith in the natural. It means you have faith in God in the unseen. Numbers... 13, the the Israelites, Moses sends 12 spies into the promised land. Ten come back with a bad report. Ten say, this is impossible. We can't do it, Moses. There's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. This assignment is too big for us. Two come back and say, we can do it. God is on our side. Same circumstance, two different perspectives. Joseph went into Egypt. He was sold as a slave by his brothers, Genesis 37. But it's interesting in Psalm chapter 105, verse 17, it says that he was sent by God. That's interesting, isn't it? God was setting him up. What the, what the devil meant to bring pain in his life, God brought to bring victory. So there's two perspectives. It's interesting. For those who don't know, I do, a lot of, uh, I do a lot of running. I like to run. It keeps me, keeps me fit. Um, I guess it feeds my competitive edge a little bit. And uh, I got injured about two years ago, I think. I had a pretty bad Achilles problem, and I couldn't run for it was a couple of months. And uh, I wasn't happy, I can tell you right now. It wasn't a part of the plan. I was saying, God... What's going on here? I'm not happy. I've been, I've, been, I've been praying. I've been declaring that there'd be success in my running. And now I get this injury. It's a setback, God. This, this is a setback. This doesn't look good. I'm going to think of all, all the months I'm going to miss, and then I'm going to have to get back and run again. And so the devil's trying to bring fear, anxiety upon me. He's trying to bring all these things. And it's a battle of the mind. And I was stuck. I, was, I had physical pain, but I was in emotional pain. I had, I had pain in my soul. Has anyone else been in a circumstance like that? Yeah. And so I began to partner with God in that time. I'm like, okay, well, I've had enough of this. I've been stuck in this long enough. And I, and I said, okay, I've got a lot more time now. I'm not running anymore. I'm not spending 10, 15 hours a week running. Maybe I'll start spending more time with God. I started worshipping, started reading the Word more. I started spending more time in the secret place, declaring his word over my life. And see, during that time, I began to understand that God was transforming my inner world. See, he began transforming my inner world. He he began giving me a greater revelation that he's my healer. And I began declaring that out more. God, you're my healer. He He began showing me my purpose, my calling. See, God wants to transform your inner world so the storms of life don't get in here but your inner world starts transforming the storms of life. Come on. And so I came out of that, and the devil, he wanted to try to destroy, he wanted to kill, but I came out of that with an upgrade. I came out with an upgrade. What the devil meant to bring bad stuff in my life, God was working powerfully behind the scenes, and when I began to partner with that, I came out of it, and like Jesus, you come out in the power of the Holy Spirit, rather than beat it and defeated. And so I thought it would be a good idea to, to give you a few keys when you, when you go through times in 2017, when you step out and you're calling for God, when you're taking on your assignment, to give you some keys on how do we partner with the heavenly perspective in our life. So if you've got your Bible, which I've got mine, which is handy, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And for the sake of time, I'll do some, uh, some Dean paraphrasing. Um, so we've got the story of David. The, you've got the Israelites and the Philistines. Uh, they're on, on either hill. They're in, they're in Judah. And, um, and Israel's mandate at the time is to maintain victory in the land, isn't it? They're meant to destroy the Philistines. But the Philistines are coming up. They have a champion called Goliath. Many of us probably know the story. And he, and he comes up and for 40 days and for 40, 40 days, 40 nights, he comes out into the middle of the valley and he says, Choose a man to come and fight me. Today I defy the armies of the living God. Israel's view. Let's look at chapter 17, verse 11. On hearing the Philistines' words... Saul, Saul's the king of Israel, and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. That's their view. Dismayed and terrified. They're looking at everything in the natural. They're stuck. They're not progressing. They've got an assignment, but they're not moving for 40 days. They're stuck. They're scared. David comes in. David's a part time shepherd boy. He's a teenager, very young, but he has this amazing view. Look at verse 26. He says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That's the view, isn't it? Wow. Heavenly perspective right there. So Saul hears word of what David said. Saul comes over, calls David to himself. Saul replied, You're not able to go... So David wants to go out and fight. Saul says, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Great, Saul. Thanks. Thank you, Saul. Just point out everything in the natural. Point out everything in the natural that disqualifies David. But what does David say? There's a few keys in this. Your servant. So David said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Interesting. If you're taking notes today, the lion is a picture of the enemy who comes to bring fear and intimidation upon your life. 1 Peter 5.8 talks about the enemy... Walks around like a, like a roaring lion, seeking for those he can, de, he, can, who can, he can devour. Got that out. But the lion has a mane. He, he, it, it's a roar. Fear and intimidation. So David had killed the lion. He, killed, he, he dealt with fear and intimidation in his life. That's the first key. Dealing with fear and intimidation. How do we do that? Well, fear maximizes the problem, doesn't it? Fear says, what if, what if? You, you go, maybe um, the Bible says lay hands on the sick, doesn't it? We can heal the sick if you didn't know that. And you go out and you say, okay, I'm going to pray for this person. Fear says, what if? What, 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 if, what if you look like a fool? What if, this, what if this person doesn't want you to pray for them? What if you get rejected? Maybe, maybe what if you're starting a business and you start that business? Fear says, no, what, what, what if you don't have the finances? What if you go into financial struggle? It maximizes the problem. Intimidation Minimizes me. Intimidation says, I go to pray for someone. Is the Holy Spirit really going to work through you? Can, do you really think this person's going to get healed? Do you really think you can do that? And so, intimidation makes me feel small. It makes me feel powerless. So, how do we deal with these things in our life? When, these, when the enemy starts shooting these lies at us, how do we deal with that? It's called being Jesus centered. See, it's all self. Fear, intimidation, it makes me think about myself. I, me, I can't do it. What about me? What if this happens to me? But see, once I start dealing with that, and once I start getting my eyes onto God, I realize that he's powerfully at work in my life. I become Jesus centered and I say, no, it's, it's your work through me, God. It's your work through me. It's not, it's not by my might, not by my strength, but by your spirit, Lord. So he, he, he works through you powerfully when you, when you get your eyes onto him, when you get your eyes off of yourself, out of your own I, me, I can't do it, my own limitations, but onto God. That's how he works powerfully through you. David, what did he say to Saul? He said, the Lord who rescued me, the Lord, not myself. I didn't rescue myself from the lion. The Lord rescued me. It's not his own strength. It's God. That's the first key in your life. When fear and intimidation come, we deal with it. We say no no I'm getting my eyes off myself and onto God. The second key. We've got the the bear. David talked about killing the bear, didn't he? Bears eat honey. The the word God's word said is is his his word is sweet is as sweet as honey in our mouth. Honey is a picture of revelation. The the bears eat revelation. It's a, it's a picture, it's a symbol of the enemy who comes to steal revelation in your life. He brings trials. He brings challenges, and he wants to distort your view of God. He wants to steal your revelation that God is good, God's my provider, God's my healer. He tries to steal, tries to kill. Hmm. It's interesting. In Mark 4, it talks about the parable of the seeds, doesn't it? And we know that the, the farmer is God, and he drops the seeds... To a picture of revelation. And the, the soil, the ground's a picture of our heart. And, and, and it says that you know, people who let the, the challenges of life, the sorrows, all that, they let them overcome them, they lose the seed. It's the enemy bringing challenges, the enemy bringing trials. You lose your seed. They, the people who, who get hard-hearted, they lose their seed in that time. The word then says, when persecution comes, Jesus says, when persecution comes for the word's sake. What's he talking about there? Challenges can strengthen our revelation in God. When resistance comes, are you going to let the devil steal your revelation? Or are you going to rely on God and let him strengthen your revelation? I was, when, when I was injured, I was partnering with my pain, with my physical, emotional pain. I was saying, God, what's going on here? But he be, once I started partnering with him, he began to strengthen my revelation. And the devil couldn't steal it. It's interesting that the soft heart, the teachable heart, the soft and teachable heart produced 30, 60, 100-fold. 100-fold revelation. That's abundant life coming from your inner world. We stay hungry. That's why Jesus always taught in parables. He taught in parables so that people who are wise in their own eyes, they wouldn't get it because they weren't hungry for it. They'd be like, well, I see it for its face value, but now don't want it the people who are hungry the people have soft tender hungry hearts they'd go after it it's the glory of god to conceal a matter the glory of kings us your king is to search out a matter you got to go after it go after your revelation how do we stop david killed the enemy's ability to steal his revelation he comes to his greatest assignment and goliath can't intimidate him israel's They're intimidated, they're scared, they're fearful. They don't have the revelation that God's, God's my protector. They don't have the revelation that the battle is the Lord's. David comes to Goliath. He says, no, it's God's battle. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with the trial. He, he can't steal my revelation that God's my shepherd. He's my provider. He fights on my behalf. So that's the second key. Third, let's look at the third key. Let's read on. All right, so Saul agrees, which is good. Good on you, Saul. Saul. Saul agrees. He says to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Hmm. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Good job, David. Wow. So the bronze helmet. Helmet's a picture of... Helmet's the way we think, isn't it? When we wear a helmet in the Word. Saul is trying to give David his fallen perspective. He's like, here, David, take my perspective on the battle. Take, take, what, take how I would do it, David. My fall, I'm, I'm fearful, I'm scared. You can take that. Take that. Now, David shakes up. No, I don't want that. I'm not going to let your fallen perspective define the battle i'm not going to let it define me saul gives david his armor he says here take take my armor david take my take my armor take my sword go fight in that go fight in my giftings and ability the way i would do it david but what does david say he said no i'm not i'm not used to them that's not the way god has taught me that's not the way god has defined me the third key Is about understanding your identity and your giftings. When your assignment comes, you need to be strong in your identity and your giftings. Don't let man define who you are. Let God define who you are. Don't let man tell you your your restrictions. Don't let man try to get you to, to fight in the way you would, in their giftings, in their ability. Get it from God. Only God can show you your giftings and ability. Now people can, people can do it, godly people, but the source is from God. David, he knows his giftings and ability. He says, No, I don't want it. I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you make me fight your way, Saul. You have to be strong. Let God define who you are. I'm in Christ. I'm a son of God. I'm not gonna let man speak over me. You're a failure. The world might say you're an addict. The world might say you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're silly. You never never did well in school. You've you've failed. You've failed studies. All these things. But no, I'm not going to let man define who I am. It comes from God. You're successful. You have an abundant life. You're rich. You're strong and mighty. This is what David was doing. And what happens is he begins... He he shakes off man's perspective. He shakes off the definite. He gets his identity from God, and he realizes that I'm partnering with the heavenly perspective here. When I know who I am, when I'm secure in who I am, I partner with the heavenly perspective. When I get it from other people, I'm insecure. I come to the battle. I'm full of insecurities. My identity, my identity, is shakable. But when I get it from God, I can't be shaken. That's the third key is knowing your identity, knowing being defined by God. And the fourth, onto our last one. So David goes out to fight Goliath. And Goliath comes out to meet him, the giant. The enemy comes out to meet him. And he looked David over and saw, we're in verse 42, and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. He despised him, he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Interesting. Goliath, the enemy, is pointing out everything in the natural to disqualify David. You're young. You're youth. If you're an experienced warrior, you would have scars. You wouldn't be good looking. You'd be older. You've fought many battles. You can't do this, David. You're young. You're a shepherd boy. You're good looking. You're good looking. That's not good in in war. You can't can't be good looking. Enemy doesn't like it when people are good looking. It's it's biblical. It's what it says. David said, this is important. Back to the serious part. David said to the Philistine... That's a key. David said, You come against me with sword, spear and javelin. Natural, natural, natural. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Verse 47, All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you all into our hands. The enemy speaks over David, but David declares God's word, the heavenly truth. The fourth key to being able to partner with the heavenly perspective when you go out, when, you, when you're facing resistance, is to speak over your life. Declare. Andrew was talking about that. You've got you to break the power of the enemy's words over your life. David doesn't let Goliath speak over him. He's not just like, oh, you know, maybe you're right. Well, well, true, I am young. I, oh, that's true. No, no. He breaks the power of the words. He doesn't take it on. He speaks out. He says, no, no, no. It's not my battle. It's the Lord's battle. I'll still fight, but God's fighting on my behalf. Come on. David knows this declaration is powerful. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruits. Are you going to speak life? Are you going to speak life and eat the fruits of life? Who knows that you can speak over a little child and they grow, they'll grow into the words that you speak over them. Your words are powerful. That's why when we pray, we speak, don't we? Power. Mark 11.23, Jesus said, Whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea. Whoever says, whoever declares to the mountain, you've got to speak out. This year you've got to speak to your mountains, whatever you're facing, whatever trial, whatever challenge. You've got to speak out. You've got to declare. Don't let the enemy's words define. Don't let the enemy speak over you and just accept it. Don't let the enemy say, oh, you're hopeless, your life's, you know, you're not going to go anywhere, you're not living an abundant life. No, no, you speak it out. You've got to declare, speak to your mountain. That's the fourth key, is we speak to our mountain, we speak God's truth over our life. The enemy said to David, natural, natural, natural. The enemy will say to you, you're sick. I can still see it. Look, I, I can still see it. You're sick. You're like, no, no, no. I'm called to believe the unseen. No, I believe your word, God. I believe I'm healed. I know I'm healed. Your word says I'm healed. Jesus paid the price for my healing. And he says, I can still see it. I can still see it. You're sick. I like, know I'm healed, Lord. I'm healed. And you declare it out. And it starts to manifest in the natural when you declare. You say, You're poor. You're poor. You're not doing well financially. You're poor. Look, look at your bank account. No, Lord, I'm rich. I know I'm rich because your word says. By the, Jesus, by the grace of God, he was made poverty for me so that in his poverty, I might become rich. No, I can still see it. I can still see your bank account. I can still see it. No, no, no. I'm rich. I believe it, God. Come on. I'm rich. I'll take that. David went. He declared. He spoke out. Let's see what happened. In verse 50, so David triumphed over the Philistine, over the enemy, of Goliath, with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. You've just got to keep the claim. You've got to believe. Come on. David wins the victory because he speaks it out. When you speak out, you partner with the heavenly perspective. David went from being a part-time shepherd boy in that time, to being the leader of the king's army that's a bit of a promotion right there he's gone through it he partners with the heavenly perspective and he gets a promotion he goes from part-time shepherd to leading the king's army when you partner with a heavenly perspective in 2017 you get upgraded like jesus you'll get upgraded you get upgraded. When, you, when you're going through things, I was, I was stuck in my pain, but once I began to partner with the heavenly perspective, my inner world became transformed. I came out. I got upgraded. If I didn't, if I, if I stayed in my pain, I, I wouldn't be standing right here. I can guarantee it. I wouldn't. But I got upgraded. So that's how we do it. That's the keys. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But we deal with fear and intimidation. We, we stay God-centered. No, no, God, it's you. It's your battle, God. We don't let the enemy steal our revelation. We keep soft, teachable, hungry hearts. We don't let the trial define who God is. We let God define who he is to us. Don't let the trial distort your view of God. We're strong in our identity and our giftings. We get it from God. I'm not going to let man speak speak the words over me defining who I am. I'll let God do it. And we declare the heavenly truth. We speak it out. You got to. You got to speak over your life. It's powerful, and that's how we partner with it. We say yes to God. We say yes to your word, Father. And then maybe, just maybe, your realm of influence will start to increase. You'll start bringing heaven to earth. You'll start overcoming, living as an overcomer. So I want you to be encouraged this year. I want you to be full of joy. God has great things for us all. And when we stop believing, focusing in the natural, get our eyes off the natural circumstance, and we start declaring God's Word, we start start declaring who He says we are, we start believing that, we say yes to your Word, God. When we start believing that, it starts to transform your world. What areas in your life do you need transforming? Partner with the heavenly perspective. Partner with it why don't we pray? I'll finish up and pray. Thank you, Father, that there's always a greater truth about our life, that your heavenly truth always trumps the natural, that whatever we go through, whatever resistance we face, when we step out, when we take risks for the kingdom, whatever we go through, Lord, we know that we can rely on the greater truth on our life. Lord, you haven't called us to play it safe. You haven't called us to stand back and be comfortable. But like David, you want us to step out. You want us to take on the battle. The Holy Spirit, you lead us and you're with us. That it's your battle, God, and you know that. And you strengthen us in that time. You call us out. I thank you, Father, that you call us out to partner with your perspective on our life. And all we need to do is we say, yes, God. We say yes to you. We believe your word. We believe the spiritual, that we're conquerors, that we're strong and mighty in God. We don't believe the natural as the final report. We believe the heavenly as the final report. The finished work of Jesus on the cross is good enough for us, God. Jesus, your life is good enough for us. Thank you, Jesus. And I just declare today over everyone, over myself in this room, Father, that the battle is the Lord's. That we declare the battle is the Lord's today. In 2017 and onwards, like David, the battle is the Lord's. We come out like Jesus. We say we're full of the Holy Spirit. God, you're setting us up for victories. And we come out with an upgrade, Father, because the battle is the Lord's. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your power at work within us this year. And as we step out, we can trust in you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just, just before we finish, just while everyone just worry on the Lord, I just sense the Lord saying today that there are people here that have come in and you feel in your heart that you're a long way from God and the truth is that you're not, that God is here. And I felt him say that he, he wants to do 2017 with you. He's closer than you think and if you would just call out to him today and ask him to make himself real to you, he will do amazing things. He will transform your life. And I just want to encourage you not to leave today without just opening your heart. Even do it right now and just say, Lord Jesus, come and make yourself real to me. Come. I open up my heart to you. And the moment you do that, he says he'll come and you'll make his home in your heart. So if if you've been sensing the Lord stirring your heart as Dean has shared today, just open your heart now and ask him. Say, so come, Lord Jesus. I want to do life with you this year. For some of you, felt like you've gone a long way away, but God's been with you. And the reason that you're here today is because He's been with you and He's drawn you. And this life that Dean's been sharing about, it's for you. It's not a dream, it's not too far away, it's not out of reach. The Holy Spirit is saying, This is how I want you to live. I'm gonna teach you how to overcome. I'm gonna teach you how to find victory. I'm going to bring hope and direction to your life. And so we ask, Lord Jesus, to every heart that's searching, that's crying out for help, come right now and show yourself so real and strong to them. Let this word that Dean shared today just find a lodging place in our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name.